Welcome to the Myrtle Mitten Show. My name is Myrtle Mitten, the host of the show, and a show where I bring you awesome interviews with tremendous people whose life have given inspiration and encouragement to me, and my hope is that it'll give you inspiration as well. So welcome to the Myrtle Mitten Show. Sit back, relax, and enjoy today's guest. to have my guest Diane Stevens today and uh, Diane has got an amazing story and we want to share her <laughs> insights and her journey along life's way with you. Um, so Diane, welcome to the Myrtle Mitten Show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm really, I'm really excited to do this and to be here. This is, uh, I think this is going to be a great, amazing experience. So thank you for asking me and um, yeah, it's it's a pleasure to to share and uh, and get to get to know the audience and get to know you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is so cool. So I'll tell you how you ended up on the show. So I did a Facebook Live and I said I'm starting my own podcast and I want you to tell me what you want to hear about and I just threw it out there and you were like the first person that sent me a private <laughs> no message and said. <laughs> seriously like we should I would love to you know I, and it was just like I loved your enthusiasm and your interest and you really <clears throat> wanted to help me get this podcast off the ground and I just it was so wonderful that I thought yeah I gotta have you as my guest so, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much so you you have the direct honor distinct honor of being like one of the first catalysts to say Myrtle go for it so thank you guys <laughs> Yes, I, I think, um, I think that doing things like this and, and I mean, it's literally a testament to, to getting out of your comfort zone and putting yourself out there and showing people that, you know what, it's not that bad to put yourself out there. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about you. Who is Diane Stevens? Well, okay, the, the Reader's Digest version, I guess I would say, is um, Diane comes from Eastern Canada in Nova Scotia. I grew up in a small town in Nova Scotia and spent my whole, whole childhood there and uh, schooling and education. Then I, I moved to St. John's, Newfoundland and accept, accepted a position in a children's hospital. I'm trained as a respiratory therapist. So thankfully, I'm not doing that anymore in light of COVID, and my heart goes out to all of those people who are, but nonetheless, um, I, I did start my career that way, but then I, for personal reasons, I moved to Montreal about three years later, and I began change, change paths and began my career in the pharmaceutical industry, and I've been doing that now for about 20, gosh, 23, 24 years. Wow. And so the big picture is I, I manage global clinical research studies for drugs that are in development and look after all of the logistics and operations that go on behind the scenes to, to bring a light, to, to bring a, a drug to the market. Wow. So that's the that's the professional side <laughs> oh, wow fantastic that is that is a very interesting profession and and in the light of you know coming from covid and developing that that yeah. is an area where there's just a lot of attention is being focused on right now right 
Indeed. I, I haven't personally worked in vaccine development in my career, mm-hmm. but but you're right. I mean, in the land, in the world of COVID, I mean, I'm following that pretty closely. And, and I'm and I'm fortunate, at least I've got the understanding of what all is going into that and, and setting a few people straight on some misinformation or, or misunderstanding about the process as we go. But um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a closely followed, uh, closely followed uh, topic of conversation at the moment. Yeah. Absolutely. That is so good. So, all right, let's, we're, we're going to dive into our question. So uh, sure. who would you say is the most famous or infamous person that you have met? Okay, so I would have to say probably because I, I did actually personally meet this, this man is um, Oliver Jones, a jazz, jazz pianist from here, actually, here in Montreal. I had actually seen him on concert years ago in Halifax when I was in university and then he he performed here well I mean he's performed here several times but he I was at one of his performances in a downtown Montreal church uh, a few years ago and I had the pleasure of going backstage to meet with him and had my picture taken with him and uh yeah so so that was pretty exciting being a piano player myself that was uh that was a pretty neat thing to be able to do. Oh, oh, that is, sounds good. I, I like I like that one. And uh, who would you say has had the most profound impact on your life? So, um, you know, thinking of somebody who has just been able to deposit some some real influence on you. Who would you say that is? Well, you know what? I think there's a couple of people, but they both fall into the amazingly enough, they fall into the teacher category. Okay. And one of them was my piano teacher. Okay. Because I, I took all my time in school, I took piano lessons, private piano lessons from about the ages of six to 18 when I finished high school. And my piano teacher was just this fantastic lady who she she was, she she was had a firmness about her um but very kind but but what what I really remember about her was that she never never um she never put a cap on what you could do so no no piece of music she ever considered too difficult for me to try and attempt to to learn to play so she was amazing and and the other teacher somebody I really remember distinctly was my high school biology teacher in grade 10. And it wasn't because I was a star student in biology or, or, you know, was in love with the class per se, but something that he did, which was so amazing. He took two weeks out of the academic part of class, class time. And he showed the class pictures um, or, or slides back then, not PowerPoint, but, um, the, you know, and you put the, the, the circle thing and the, the slide, I've forgotten what it's called, but anyway, he, I think he I know shows, yeah, <laughs> so he showed slides of his travels that he had done around the world, mm-hmm. and believe me, a grade 10 student coming from a small town of about 3,000 people, I didn't know anybody that had traveled around the world at that point in my life, and so, 
I saw all these amazing pictures of, you know, his visits to Bali and Australia and India. And, and I think it just really, I've never forgotten that. And it just really perhaps even had an impact on my, <clears throat> my, my desire to start seeing some of the world as I, you know, as when I get out of school and, and had the means to do it. So yeah, two teachers. Yeah, there you go. I'm telling you, teachers have a great influence <laughs> uh, and a great impact. So, oh, that's great. So I send a big shout out and props to all the teachers out there that are, <laughs> that are listening that you yeah. are making a difference in the life of your students for sure. Indeed, indeed. Yeah. All right. Yep. So this is a perfect segue into the travel story. Today's show has been brought to you by the iGo Travel Booking Platform. Want to save money on your travel? Check out iGo Travel for Less, where you're going to save money on your travel. iGo Travel, never pay retail again. It's just, again, something that's a memory that you've taken from your travels. We'd love to hear about one of those. Okay, so a number of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to Southeast Africa, a small country called Malawi, and I went with three work colleagues. And the reason, in fact, for our trip there was uh, was uh, to, to, to spread uh, and talk about HIV and AIDS awareness and, uh, you know, just spread the spread the level of education, if you will, about, about HIV awareness. And so we, we went to Blantyre, Malawi, it was called, and we spent literally about two and a half weeks um, parading around all of the small villages, small uh, catchment villages. And, and like, I mean, literally we were walking up mountains to get to, to see some of the local people and it, it was just truly an experience of a lifetime. I mean, as you can imagine, coming from this part of the world, and that was my first time in Sub-Saharan Africa, it was really an eye-opening experience. But it, it, it just, I have so many fond memories of, of, that, of that particular trip. So I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about how a big part of that side of the world lives day to day. So yeah, that, that was, that was a pretty neat trip. Um, definitely memorable. And then just a, a second one, because it's different, I'll point it out. I, I, I spent, uh, I spent a week and a half on a horseback uh, or equestrian vacation, um, traveling around uh, the countryside in the Northern part of uh, Ireland. And um I had, I remember I had this, uh, what we call Pinto horse, you know, so it was, it's spots, it's white and brown spot horse. And he had big blue eyes, <laughs> which is very uncommon. If you know anything about horses, very uncommon. So, so that was a neat vacation as well. I flew over there all by myself and met up with the, the group who, who was going, going to be doing this vacation. And we had, you know, a guide with us every day. So, but I was pretty sore at the end of a week <laughs> of a half doing that, but <laughs> fabulous vacation. But some great <laughs> memories that you, you uh, have, right? Indeed, indeed. Yep, yep. Oh, that's a fantastic story. Thank you so much for sharing those too. I love it. I love it. So, all right. So we're going to kind of turn a little bit and go a little philosophical on you. So, you okay. know, knowing what you know now, um, if you could go back and, and visit 
with that younger version of you from small town Nova Scotia and, okay. and, and give her some advice. What would you want to tell, tell her? Okay, so I think what I would want to tell her, and basically, I, if I, if I knew then what I, uh, what I know now, yeah. I would tell her to plan to be entrepreneurial, mm. plan to create a life that you're, um, you're determining your own path. Um, I mean, mostly from a financial standpoint, so that you're not you're not working for somebody else, and ultimately having an employer decide whether or not you know you have a job to come to the next morning. So, so plan really plan to <clears throat> to 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 think like an entrepreneur, plan to set up a business, and and you know go out and do it. That just was not on my radar screen when when I was back in school and um, you know again knowing knowing what I know now um, yeah I, I I wish that had been the case but but hey it's yeah. never too late to try yeah. And, yeah. and start something new you can start something new which is you know which is kind of what you're doing right now is you're starting something new but you know having that idea that you know you can have a business along the side it doesn't mean you have to Leave exactly what you're doing is that you that's know that's right you, that's right you want to have I mean, options right ab absolutely it's all about options but i mean we we also well know that that many years ago online business yeah. that didn't that didn't really exist and you know the internet was just starting yeah. to come to life when, yeah. when well even after i left school yeah. so so the, the the concept of having a your own business yeah. really the only option was like brick and mortar yeah um but, uh, but yeah, that, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Be entrepreneurial. <laughs> Excellent. That is great advice, Diane. I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, one more question along that same line. So, you know, what? Sure. at some point, there's going to be a time when you're going to have to say, you know, your time on earth here is done. How, how would you like to be remembered? If you would like to be able to uh -huh. leave a legacy, what would you like that to be? <clears throat> okay, well, what I would really like to be remembered for is my my passion around the subject of the subject of adoption and and how I would love to see the the increased level of awareness around adoption and what it means to um, to create uh, families for people and to and how it can change in a heartbeat how it can change the life of a child mm -hmm. and bring a new bring new life bring bring a home to a child that may not otherwise have one mm -hmm. I myself am an adopted child well don't think I'm a child anymore but <laughs> I myself was adopted yeah now granted my story was very straightforward I mean that many years ago it wasn't even difficult to adopt babies. Um, I mean, things have changed today in terms of domestic adoption, but but nonetheless, it, it was easy enough to have happen. And, and my parents had the good fortune of having a neighbor that lived across the street who who started talking to them about, about this because he was at that time what we would call like the uh, 
the head of the Family and Children's Services for that particular county where they lived. Anyway, long story short, they they were game for it and said, sure, let's do this. And so it all it all things things all fell into place and and it worked out very well for me. But <clears throat> but what I have learned over the years is that I do feel in, in talking to different people and you know you hear this and you read about it and whatnot, but I do think that on some level there remains um, a bit of a um, uh, maybe slight fear or, or people are maybe skeptical about the whole thing. And, and I think people have, <clears throat> some people may have still a, a, uh, a thought process that, oh, it's not the same thing. You know, it's not the same thing as having my own biological child. So. So my, my wish would be to, to be able to, you know, um, create amongst the world that uh, there's this, there's no, re there's no reason to have this fear. There's no reason to, to think that it's different because it's not different. If you were to ask my parents any difference between me or my older sister, who's not adopted, I mean, absolutely not, absolutely not. So, so when you see stories about people who adopt, who, who go out on that limb and, and adopt children and, and bring them into their homes and, and then like, voila, life has changed for that, for that child. I mean, whether it's a baby or whether it's a toddler, depending upon the age that they get them, yeah. but like, wow, what a statement that makes, uh, that makes for, for that child and, 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 and for this new family. So, so being able to, you know, have somebody say oh hey like we adopted a child because we heard about and and had the chance to interact with this person who just you know relieved our fears of it all like i think that would be a great thing to be uh to be remembered by yeah oh, that is fantastic i i love that story because it, it is so true you know sometimes you see things in movies and and that gives you the stereotype <laughs> or fear exactly you know and um I, I really am so pleased that you shared a really positive uh, view of adoption and how it really helped you in your life and one of the things i asked you so did your did you know how did your parents kind of uh, you know i that Tell was me. really great in our interviews so how, how did okay. they navigate that whole thing with you from growing up i i love that part yeah okay so so i've been asked that question often over the years and i think people who who aren't familiar with adoption or or don't know anybody in their own close circle who's been adopted i think people often have this image that that that's that that's like some great big event that happens in the adoptee's life and it becomes this you know drop dead piece of news that just falls on their head all of a sudden <laughs> No, no, that that was not the case at all for me. So, so literally what my parents did was now they got me, I was about two and a half months old. I was born in October and they brought me home December 21st. So we've often celebrated December 21st as my second birthday. Oh, lovely. <laughs> but, but, but what they did was they just kept talking about it and talking about it. You know, you're adopted, you're adopted. And they kept talking about it in front of me. Until one day, my mom, she was uh, she was in her bedroom and the TV was going, and there was a there was a talk show on about adoption. And I was in my bedroom next door playing with my toys, and all of a sudden, my mom says, 
I just dropped my toys. I ran into her bedroom and I said, mommy, are they talking about me? And my mom said, well, no, dear, they're not talking about you specifically, but they're talking about little other little boys and girls like you. And I said, oh, okay. And that was it. And so my mother knew that at that point, I understood what it meant to be, to be adopted. So that's how they handled it. They, they just reinforced it until such time I, I grasped the concept of what it means to be adopted. Yeah. That is fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I just love that story. You know, <laughs> you just dropped your toys. Are they talking about me? It's like your, yeah. ears, per your ears perked up and they, <laughs> that but is it goes to show you kids are always listening. Hey, <laughs> always listening. Exactly. That yeah. is so good. Oh, thank you so much. This has been amazing. All right. So now we're going to do this thing called rapid fire where I just ask okay. you random questions and it just helps us to get to know you better and it's kind of fun. So uh, I say coffee or tea? Oh, coffee. Coffee. <laughs> coffee all the way. All right. And then I say burgers or pizza? Pizza. Hawaiian pizza. Hawaiian pizza. Oh, have you heard? Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. I like that one. All right. And then we're going to go with red or white for wine. Red, definitely red. Okay, I know I, I sense a little bit of a pause there, so it may be depending on the day. <laughs> and well, well, as a Nova Scotian, I love my lobster. Mm -hmm. So with a lobster, it would be a white. <laughs> but with everything else, it's red. <laughs> oh, that's so good. All right. And then we're going to do sweet or salty. Sweet. Yes, definitely sweet. I love my sweets. Okay. All right. Good, mm -hmm. good, good. Thank you so much. All right. So now uh, let's do our reader's corner. So I always, you know, one of the things we want to encourage our listeners to do is to be reading because, you know, the oh, wisdom yeah. of the ages has been uh, it, uh, distilled <clears throat> in the book. So what would be like a book that you would recommend uh, to our listeners that they should, you know, go out and get or what's been a big impact for you as far as books go? Oh boy, that's a difficult question to sum up with just one, uh, <laughs> one, one idea. I, uh, I, I love to read. My mother actually instilled that in, you know, both my sister and myself really early on. And she, to this day, she's 87 and she loves to read. But anyway, <laughs> so I think a book that really, it, it, it actually did have an impact on me because it came along at a time, it, it happened to, you know, my eyes spotted it on the shelf uh, at a time in my life that I was, I was going through a, a bit of a rough patch. But anyway, the book is called, um, the book is called Love is Letting Go of Fear. And it's written by Dr. Gerald Jampolsky. Okay. It's probably about 30 years now, 30 years old. But it just really had some profound advice in it. And, and as I said, it, it wasn't a book I'd ever heard of. I just was browsing in the bookstore and I saw it, pulled it off the shelf and said, I think I'll take this home and yeah. read it. And it, it, was a good, uh, it was a good read. Maybe, maybe a second one. And it just, it relates a little bit to what I've previously said in my, about my voyage to uh, Malawi and then my own adoption uh, story. But another book I read a number of years ago after I had come back from Malawi, it's called We Are All the Same. It's written by Jim Wooten, who's actually a, 
a former journalist for, I don't know, ABC or NBC, one of those stations. But it's the story of, a, of, a, of an African, a little boy who, who was um, uh, born with HIV mm-hmm. and he was uh, abandoned and adopted. And anyway, I won't say anything more. And yeah, don't, give it, don't give it all away. <laughs> I will give it all away. But it, it, was, a, it was a fabulous read too, so. Oh, yeah that's great thank you thank you for sharing that I, I, oh you're I, most I welcome yeah. and I love that idea because you know uh, one of the things we're learning about is like intuition right so walking in that mm-hmm. bookstore and that book jumping out of oh, shelf, that is I know and, and you know and and it it was there for you at that time that you needed. Yeah. so yeah uh, there's a reason there and there's a reason I guess why I decided to get off the couch that day and <laughs> go have a walk in the bookstore I don't know yeah. it's quite a while ago now but but you're right every there it's it's a it's a the universe is talking to you and uh, that's exactly how it came about in my life yeah yeah wonderful well Diane this has been an amazing episode (laughs) I want to thank you so much for being the guest on the Myrtle Mitten show oh well thank you it it was awesome having you I I look forward to connecting with you again another time and you have a great great day Okay, thank you, Myrtle. All the best to you. Thanks. Please like uh, this episode, like my channel. Also, subscribe. I'd love for you to subscribe and share this content with people who you think that would benefit from it. So it's the Myrtle Mitten Show. Thank you so much.